You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Collective Cafe, a virtual coffee experience which takes place every single Monday through Friday, 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in both Alpha Collective's Discord, that's discord.gg forward slash alpha collective and startup clubs house in clubhouse it's free it always will be free there are no strings attached there is no bait and switch lurk or listen only chat with one another in our back chat or even come onto stage the coffee shop is open for business whether you're on the treadmill getting the kids ready for school getting yourself ready for work commuting into the big bad city or maybe just even commuting from your bedroom to your home office on monday we manifest on tuesday we talk thought leadership on wellness wednesday we discuss mental health wellness and life skills on thursday we do live book reads and discussions with the author and then on friday it's no agenda friday where there is no agenda Start your day off on the right foot, on the front foot, with virtual coffee, with the Collective Cafe, where we mastermind, we manifest, we collaborate, we help one another at the business of Web3 or anything else that intersects, whether it's culture, collaboration, creativity, innovation, disruption, entrepreneurship or coaching. So give us a subscribe, bit.ly forward slash Collective Cafe to go, or a review on your favorite podcast platform if you're listening on demand or of course join us every day live it is addictive and remember it is a safe welcoming space and you will never ever be put on the spot this is alpha collectives collective cafe my name is joseph jaffe good morning good morning my name is joseph jaffe what is your name what's your name good to see all of you see Mr. Christopher is sitting in our Discord. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Rhonda and Barbara and Chris are here. Hey, Barbara, I didn't know I followed you. That's awesome. Three people followed by the speakers. Steve sitting. Steve Schuler, Schuyler is, I just added you, whoever is always sitting in that first position in my room, I'm going to immediately friend you uh, because I'm grateful that you were there first. It's time for our Collective Cafe uh, Weird AI theme song. It's meant to say Collective Cafe. A place of acceptance. No judgment here today. Our ideas shared. No one is left behind. Here we are. A collective mind. So, I want to talk today, Pretzel Guy, welcome, welcome. I'm going to talk about um, Clubhouse today, but in a very different way. 
I'm going to ask you <clears throat> the question, which is a question that has been asked many times uh, by many people across many different industries, time zones, decades, uh, moments of history, <clears throat> which is who owns the brand? Who owns the brand? Now, that question has been asked by many people, by thought leaders, by authors, by keynote speakers, by teachers, etc., certainly by me many times. And I'll tell you, or, or has been asked of me many times, and I'll tell you what my answer has been, or always has been, which is you don't own your brand, <clears throat> your customers own your brand, your employees own your brand. Now, in many respects, that always seemed like the right answer, and uh, and I and I still think in part it is the right answer. Part of my, you see, it's not the answer; it's the explanation of the answer that I think is more important. So just remember, like I can say many, I can give you many answers, but if you understand the reasoning behind my answer or the explanation or why I said what I did or maybe what I didn't say, all of these things are important and become context associated with the actual, not just the answer, but the question and the answer. So the reason why I've always said your customers own the brand is who really understands the brand, who lives the brand, who experiences the brand, who feels the most passion and pain associated with the brand. I'm not talking about market share and dashboards and bonuses, it's your customer, it's your loyalist, it's your fan, you know, it's the person in first position. It's the fact that, you know, Steve just happened to come into the room today, um, but what if there was actually a rush? What if this was a real room? What if Steve was literally the first person waiting in the room? What if Steve stood in line for an hour before so he could be the first person in the room? That you cannot fake. That is real right now now the juxtaposition the juxtaposition <clears throat> or the reasoning or the rationale why i say who owns your brand who knows your brand maybe instead of who owns the brand let's on, let's ask the question who knows your brand better um your customer or your ad agency yeah so now suddenly I'm like you see what i'm going to do now i'm going to just play around a little bit and i'm going to say your ad agency by the way there was a lot of stuff going on in the clubhouse world about uh, iOS um, 17 and you couldn't access live rooms anymore. So it's completely possible that people that want to be in here aren't even in here today. I want you to do me a favor. If you enjoy me, the room, the collective cafe, startup club, any of the above, all of the above, that link that I just put up there, discord.gg forward slash alpha collective, that is our, that is the home of the collective cafe. And every single day, one or two people have been joining from Clubhouse, outside of Clubhouse. It's in case this Clubhouse thing goes away, this is where we'll be every single day. In case it goes away, this is where we'll be every day. Um, and so it's an opportunity also for me to message you. It's an opportunity for me to say, hey, everyone, we've moved to LinkedIn Audio, or we've moved to X, or we're just going to do this in Discord like we used to. We used to do this in Discord. We we were up to sometimes 17, 18, 19 people. Maybe we'll get back there. Maybe maybe we should get back there. Maybe I should stop um, doing this in, in, in uh, Clubhouse. I don't know. I'm going to keep doing it for now. But if you do enjoy this, please do me that favor. And just, you know, even if you're just curious, 
Come and register, join the Discord, discord.gg forward slash alpha collective. So let's get back to the subject at hand, this idea of knowing the brand, experiencing the brand. I mean, let's maybe let's let's shift the question and say, well, who doesn't own the brand? Well, I would say all of the your consultants and your vendors and your agencies, listen, I'm an agency guy, but they don't, do they own the brand? They have less ownership than ever, right? They don't have equity. They don't have options. They don't have shares. They're not working exclusively for the brand. At least I would say that if you are the marketing manager or the chief marketing officer or something and you work or whomever, right, working in a in a call center, um, but you actually are employed by the brand, you by definition must must own the brand or or live the brand or you know or or be closer to the brand than someone you've hired to do a job whether they're a mercenary or a consultant or a or quite frankly even a coach you know one of the things we say at EOS is we can't want it more than they do we can't want it more than you do because it's your company so if we're the people feeling all the passion and the pain and the pleasure and the and pushing for something and you're like meh it's not going to work out. So I don't believe the agency owns the brand. I don't believe that any of your vendors or partners or consultants own the brand. So then the question comes down to, but, but so is it someone who works for the brand, an employee or a customer or, you know, um, and, and so we start to kind of like go one versus the other. Now, I don't think it is actually uh, a battle at all. I would say employees especially people at the rock face. They own, they live, they are the brand. Maybe we should just say that. Employees, especially at the rock face, they are the brand. Not they own the brand, not they live the brand. They are the brand. So isn't it ironic maybe, I'm just going through a logic flow here, that what tends to happen is that the higher up you go, the less attached you are to the brand. Ironically, the more you actually own of the brand, because you probably have shares or options or equity, and you probably have a robust bonus system as well. But the lower you go on that pecking order, the more you are the brand, you live the brand. So now you've got your blue collar or your factory workers or your cashiers or the people sweeping the floors that, that are extensions, embodiments of the brand and customers who buy the brand and are the brand and live the brand. So who isn't the brand? Who isn't the brand? Oh, your big fat cats sitting around the mahogany table, your C-suite, your executives, your P's, your SVP's, your VP's, your EVP's, your, your whatever, anyone with a P you know, in their name, they are not necessarily people. They are traitors to a degree. I mean, relatively speaking, okay, maybe that was a little bit extreme. But hey, you know, it's 8, 11 in the morning. I'm trying to kind of, you know, create some fire in your belly as well. So with that set up and context, the question, let's, let's segue over to uh, a wild AD. Thank you, AD, for joining our um, discord and by the way if any of you have joined the discord you can just go and click on um as uh and looks like we've been joined we've got christopher and jensa and shadows pub and tim are in our discord 
Right below, you'll see guest book. You appear in the guest book, and there's a channel on your left that says Collective Cafe, and that's where we are in right now. So you can actually come and join us if you want. All right, so uh, Rhonda says, I've got to learn Discord. I went there this morning at exactly 8 when I didn't see you on Clubhouse. I was a little late today, by the way. I was fumbling around trying to get in because I didn't want to be late. I was asked for messages or something. Need to dig in there to know how to navigate Discord. Um, Send me a message. Maybe I'll walk you through. I'll do a little screen share or guide you a little bit later. So you've got this unbelievable, interesting dynamic with Clubhouse right now. And I'm going to ask the question, right? Who owns the brand? Who owns the Clubhouse brand? Is it Paul and Rohan and the people that have come before and now there's someone called Ali and there's someone called Joe and there's someone else? Do they own the brand are you do you own the brand because you founded the brand i would say probably more more likely than not yes but what about if you employed by the brand and does it really matter what your job is does it matter whether you are in the c-suite or whether you are you know a customer service operative or someone manning the phones you know do you own the brand Right, So you've got this clubhouse ecosystem, and I would say probably the founder of the brand, in this case Paul and Rohan, um, they have some claim, some ownership. They have some literal ownership in terms of equity. They probably have the lion's share. They probably control the brand, but it doesn't mean that they own the brand. You notice all the words I'm using. They control the brand versus they own the brand. Employees are the brand, especially at the rock face. So I'm creating some nuance, some some texture here associated with being able to say, you can't just ask the question, who owns the brand, right? And so I think at some point you also have to let go of the brand because when you control the brand, you can become a control freak you can become as a manager you know control freaks as managers become micro managers at some point you have to let go can you imagine a relationship where one side of the relationship controls the other that is not a very healthy relationship that is a relationship oftentimes where someone is walking in a in into a, a starbucks and one of the person shows a little sign that says help Right, That is not a healthy relationship when you cannot let go of control. But the question is, are you letting go of control willingly or are you ceding control? Have you been taken hijack? And in many cases, I think that's what I'm going to talk a little bit about today. Right, So let's talk about for a moment, let's finish the thought for just one second, this idea of controlling the brand. You, have, you lay claim to the brand. This is my brand. I created it. Sure, you did. Of course, you did. But to the degree that you want others to be a part of the brand, you have to be able to give up a little bit of control. Literally, figuratively, you cannot control it forever. I mean, you can control it forever. However, no one's going to want to come to your party. No one's going to want to play with you. No one's, you're not going to be a very fun place. You're not going to be fun at all if ultimately you are controlling everything. This is why a community that is run by a, 
uh, a megalomaniac, a narcissist, a, you know, a supreme leader, whether it's a community or a country, it's not very fun, is it? When you can't let go, when you can't relax a little bit. By the way, we are sitting at six people in our Discord. That's awesome. We've got Tim and Christopher and Praxim, Jensa, Rhonda, who is trying her best. I appreciate you in Shadows Pub as well. Please remember that uh, you can, you can for now, you can be wherever you want. I'm not putting any pressure on you to come into our Discord. I just want you to know that this is where we are and this is our home as well. So I do want to go ahead and, uh, and Rhonda, you finally made it. So I, I wave back to you as well. All right. So let's go back to this idea, right, of owning and controlling the brand. How does it even manifest itself? Well, it manifests itself, for example, in a town hall, right, in a town hall that is run where the stage is controlled by the founders, where people that come up are in many, in many instances, you know, almost being accused of being plants. You don't want that. You don't want the, the impression of, um, of a controlled narrative. If, in fact, this is truly of the community, by the community, for the community, then you have to be able to demonstrate some element of community. So now you've got this very interesting dynamic, and I want to come to the next part of it, which is the creators, the creators, whoever the creators are. You know, um, do they own Clubhouse? Well, before I answer that question, I do want to actually recognize or, or, or be able to take a step back and say, I think we have to be very, first of all, I am a creator, right? I am a real creator, I do not, and, and this may be a little controversial, but everyone running around calling themselves creators, most of you are not creators. Stop calling yourselves creators. You're not creative. You're just creating tweets, right? You're just, you're just, just being able to create content does not make you a creator, right? If you're a doctor and, uh, and you perform surgery, you're not a creator. Actually, the creator is the person above you who is probably, you know, uh, some, somewhat a part of the whole, you know, uh, magic tapestry of saving lives and et cetera, et cetera. But we won't go into any cosmic or spiritual or theological uh, aspect as well. So you've got this amorphous blob, or maybe I should say mob, of people that call themselves creators. I call myself a creator because I've created over 500 shows. I have created a show. I have branded the show. I have consistently put out that show for 500 plus episodes. I've written six books, but I would not have called myself a creator based on writing books. There's a name for that person. They're called authors. They're not creators, right? I think we need to, I think an artist is a creator. I think someone who paints. I think someone who draws. I think someone who sings. I think someone who creates something. It's interesting, the definition is someone who creates ultimately something out of nothing. But just being able to put words on paper does not necessarily mean you are a creator. And I'm not even saying you have to be creative, but I, but I think we should just kind of like call it what it is. So now you have this like, and, and, and here's another point that I just want to make. 
creators are just kind of like influencer 2.0. And for the most part, people that are calling themselves creators, uh, you know, I'm not really sure how they got to call themselves creators. Is it because they bought fake followers? I don't know. Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they went into follow for follow rooms. Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. So I'm not really sure how they even came to be creators. But now you have, you know, it's like a gaggle of geese, a pride of lions, right? A, uh, what is the thing of owls? A herd of owls? A something of owls? I don't know. Um, what, 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 is the, um, what is the collective term for creators? Is it a mob of creators? Because I don't think it should be. But I think kind of that's what it is. I think kind of that's what it is. It's a mob of creators. It's a bunch of people that move around like a mob. And they get kind of, you know, bullyish. if I'm being honest. I think we've got to be very, very careful when we start to say, when we become so entitled and self-entitled, I made this. I built this brand. It's different to be able to say my brand, my clubhouse, I want my MTV. That worked really well. That was a marketing campaign. I want my MTV. A sense of ownership, aspirational or otherwise. That's what we're trying to aim for here, right? A parliament of ours. Thank you, Praxim. A sense of ownership. I'm typing this in. Aspirational or otherwise. That's what we're going for. We want people to feel like they own the brand, but they don't necessarily own the brand. But maybe, maybe through, through Web3, maybe through what I'm trying to do with my book, we can get to a place where we can actually have ownership. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that a beautiful thing to be able to strive towards? We can actually get that. All of these creators that are raging, I'm leaving Clubhouse, I'm back on Clubhouse, I'm leaving Clubhouse, I'm back on Clubhouse, I'm leaving Clubhouse. Maybe it would be nice if they did actually own the brand. Uh, Steve, Steve just joined. Thank you, Steve, for joining our Discord. I just waved back to you. Oh, and he actually came and, and he even, I think he, did you mean to raise your hand uh, in Discord? Um, Oh, I think he was just saying thumbs up because uh, I'll bring you up at, if you want in about 25 minutes um, as well. So I think it would be great if all of these... Cre- so let's, again, let's take a little step back here for a second. These people, this mob, this mob of creators, by the way, that, well, that one's going to stick. A mob, that's the name of today's episode, a mob of creators. Right? We don't negotiate with terrorists. And, and it's a problem when creators start acting like terrorists. It's a problem. I'm not saying that they are in this particular case, but it's a problem when they start to make demands and start to threaten. And in this particular case, actually, there have been other things happening which I also want to just uh, acknowledge that I don't like. By the way, I'm not coming to the defense of Clubhouse here. You know, my friend Alexandra Damska has been kind of bullied and there's been a lot of weird stuff happening with rooms disappearing and, you know, and um, I don't like controlling the narrative. But the problem, Clubhouse, is that you made this bed. Now you have to sleep in it. You made this bed. You created 
this, and I'm jumping around a little bit, but it's important. You created this, this pretense of a mob of creators feeling that they owned the brand when they actually literally did not because they didn't have equity in it. And figuratively, I'm not really sure that they should have owned the brand either. They, they you know, sent, slid into people's DMs and in some cases stole money from other people and in other cases got rich from coaching programs, etc. Um, so they did pretty well during this time, during this free service as well. Let's not kid. Um, and, and, and acknowledgement, they put in the hours, they put in the reps, but it wasn't altruistic here now, was it? It wasn't, you know what, have I done my good deed for the day? Have I helped an old lady across the street? You know, have I given to charity? Have I donated some clothes to Goodwill? Have I helped the, have I helped build the Clubhouse brand today? Did I put in my hours? Did I start enough rooms today? Did I help Paul and Rohan on their rise towards being billionaires? I'm sorry, that is not uh, philanthropy here. That is not building the brand. That's not part of the contract. And you certainly didn't do it for them. You did it for yourself. Just own it, acknowledge it, and live it as well. The problem with this whole situation is that it is the, the reason why it has become untenable is because the question really isn't anymore who owns the brand. It's the fact that I'm not sure that anybody owns the brand anymore. It's the fact that the brand, if anything, has been taken hijack. The brand has been hijacked. I would stop short of calling this mob of creators terrorists, but I would say that they have, in part, taken the brand hijack, or or I should say, Let's use the word hostage. They've taken the brand hostage. And I'm not sure that anyone owns the brand anymore. And in actual fact, you know, Clubhouse, without even the name, may just become the Kleenex, the Hoover, the Xerox, the TiVo of social audio. I don't even know that they will own necessarily the phrase. They should generically. Um, and of course, I forgot the, uh, the poobah of them all, Google. Just go Google that using Bing. They don't even own the generic, the category name. There have been a lot of missteps along the way. And one of the biggest faux pas was the inability to listen the inability to recognize, just like I used to say back in the day when I was a strategist, I would say the greatest focus group in the history of the world is the blogosphere. We don't, we, we, no longer did we need one-way mirrors and you know clients at the back stuffing their faces with M&Ms while some moderator attempted to like ask questions of a bunch of people that had been pre-screened in a room. You don't need that anymore. You just need the blogosphere. You need Twitter, the town square. What like this should be this should be like a renaissance for marketing. Every single day, just free insights, free research, free feedback, free. All you gotta do is just pay attention. You don't have to pay for attention, just pay attention. 
and and we kind of threw that away as well, didn't we? We kind of like didn't really um, use that to our advantage. That's what happened every day with Clubhouse. And the less uh, or the less that Clubhouse acknowledged and actually responded to, the more frustrated the mob got, and also the more entitled the mob got. And that's what created this untenable situation with where the mob actually turned against the creator, meaning Clubhouse, in this case Clubhouse, as the uber creator. And now it's a mess. And now it's chaos. But I'll tell you one thing about this mob of creators is they're not actually very loyal at all. They're loyal to themselves. They're maybe loyal to each other, but they're not necessarily loyal to Clubhouse. They'll jump from pillar to post. They'll jump. They did it now. They did it now. They came back when for the big announcement, and they've done it several other times. They'll jump to, uh, hey, Linwood. They'll jump to X, and then they'll get bored, or then they'll you know, something will happen or they won't get the numbers that they want or then they'll jump somewhere else and now everyone's going crazy for fan base. I probably should register myself. I just haven't had had the chance to. I'm, I, I mean, I should, but I probably, I probably will, but I probably won't because my goal is, my goal is to build a home here in Discord. My goal is to build community. My goal isn't to build you know, faceless followers and and play the same game. My job is not to become a mob of creators on fan base and a mob and be part of the mob, the faceless mob, the chasing pack at the next place. But I'll guarantee you that then something will change within Clubhouse and they'll all come back. They'll all run back. It happened with Green Room. It happened with everything. They'll all come back. All is forgiven. Let's Let's get back to sliding in people's DMs Again, once you can slide back into their DMs again as well. So the irony of this mob of creators is that they're not very loyal at all. So I want my MTV. This is the opposite of this. It's not I want my MTV. It's you can't have my MTV. Do you see? It's like it's, it's a different. It's not aspirational anymore. It's entitled. That's the problem here. It's not about wanting something bigger and better and aspiring to that. It's this feeling that I put in my time. I did my work. You owe me. Really? You owe me? What do we owe you? What am I owed by Clubhouse? I'm not owed anything by Clubhouse. And I don't owe Clubhouse anything. If anything the person that owes the other more should be me owing Clubhouse something because I didn't pay. Yes, I gave my time. So if we agree that that is a fair and a reasonable exchange of value, which which I might, I feel that that might be fair, then, then we're even. Then you don't owe me Clubhouse and I don't owe you. I put in my time, I lent my brand equity, you know, I got some stuff out of it, Some sometimes I didn't. You know, today I'm doing this room. I'm grateful, you know, for the fact that I could see some old friends like Linwood. 
Um, you know, I'm grateful the fact that there are people coming in and out, probably confused, not knowing what's going on in the hallways. Probably some people locked out still because of iOS 17. It's uh, it it's kind of like like I don't know. It feels like Burning Man. Clubhouse is, Clubhouse is burning. That's for damn sure, right? Clubhouse is definitely burning. So you know, I don't know. It's Clubhouse is burning, man. How about that? Comma, man. So it's like just people are like just wafting through like ghosts, like confused, like I don't know, in drugs. Uh, it's it in a daze, in a haze. It's very weird right now. It's very apocalyptic. It's very Walking Deadish as well. And I'm just here doing my thing, just hanging out, and you know, just just trying to do my best to stay out of trouble but probably causing a little bit of trouble uh, today as well. Yeah, I just wanted to go back to the subject at hand. And then, you know, around about 8.45, if you're in Discord in particular and you want to join the stage, I know all of you and a few new faces as well. Um, So, yeah, if you do want to actually join the stage, come into Discord. I think we should do it that way. Um, But remember, the question today is who owns the brand? Do you own the brand? as an executive in the company or you know do you own the brand as the founder of the company and or and or do you own the brand if you are a shareholder of the company and or and or do you own more of the brand if you own more of the shares of that company and or and or if you work for the company is it true that the lower you are on the pecking order, the more maybe you don't own the brand, but the more likely you are to be the brand. You live the brand. You are an extension of the brand. Your ability to smile or sneer at a customer ultimately determines how they feel about the brand. Not the Super Bowl advertising, not all the fancy marketing, not all the stuff that comes out of the boardroom, not not any of the stuff that actually comes from the people that actually lay claim to the brand, but it's the the simple things, the the gestures, the kindness, the empathy, the customer service, the stuff, the magic that happens in the stores. You know, the person who dry, who delivers your package, they are extensions of the brand. But I would say they're not just extensions of the brand; they are the brand. And then you have your customer. And I kind of waited, you know, to, to uh, expand on that a little bit more. I would absolutely say your customers own the brand because they paid for the brand with their money. Now, I'm going to come back to the clubhouse part in a moment because, and I will, I'm going to put that aside. Let's just talk about customers. Your customer, your loyalist, the people that have been your customer for, for for years, for decades, their whole life. American Express says card member since my American Express says card member since 1999. That's a that's that's twenty four years of history. And and I don't believe that I own American Express. I'd like to feel a, a better sense of ownership. I do feel a little bit closer to them when they come up with something like the Centurion Clubs in airports, that's a great way of actually the brand giving back to me or acknowledging me um, or, 
you know, it's a tangible way to put a face or some kind of, I don't know, emotion on top of this, you know, platinum-colored uh, piece of titanium um, and a, and uh, an interest rate that's sucking me and bleeding me dry. <laughs> but but I would say customers absolutely are live own, you know, they extensions of the brand, especially based on their their um, their tenure, their patronage, the amount of money. Um, also, you know, just them talking about the brand, referrals, this is all the stuff I wrote in Flip the Funnel. So now let's talk about, about Clubhouse. Well, who is the Clubhouse customer? You know, are we customers? We don't really use that word in Appland, do we? We don't, you know, the marketing world likes to use the word consumers. We consume. We open up our mouths and you just pour all of your garbage into us. Fire hose your shit into us. Because we are consumers. We consume. That's what we do. We just consume all of your products and services. Just gimme, gimme, gimme. More, more, more. I hate the word. I like to use the word customer. A customer is someone who paid who gave up something of theirs. And I will acknowledge, by the way, that you can pay with your time or your money. I will acknowledge that. So you can be a customer of an app. You can be a customer of a service, even if you didn't pay money. Now, what I hate in this world is that we like to, in the app world, we call our customers users. Users. Uh, my line always when I was when I used to deliver keynotes pre-COVID is I would say the only profession that refers to its customers as users is the drug profession. And trust me, darling, you're not that addictive. <laughs> That's my line. That's my standard line. You know, how can we call our customers or our consumers users? It's a disgusting word. We should never ever use that word. Listen, when I wrote when I wrote Built to Suck, I said we should ban the word employee. We should ban the word employee for our talent and we should ban the word users for our customers, for our loyalists, for our fans as well. So somewhere in this whole, you know, mess, right? Clubhouse users became creators or creators became users. So not only did we have users, I mean, I feel like we've been used by Clubhouse or maybe the creators have used Clubhouse to get rich quick and build their own communities that they're now taking off app, so-called, you know, jumping ship. So at some point, the creator just became a euphemism here for I'm not sure what, a user, a, you know, a hostage taker as well. And I actually think we need to reclaim the term creator. The creator economy is not an economy of direct marketers or direct response people or people that are selling coaching courses. There's a name for someone who sells coaching courses or, or who, who coaches. It's called a coach. There's a name for someone who delivers keynote speakers. It's called a speaker. There's a name for someone who writes book. It's called an author. Now, I mean, if you're pushing back, you could say, but wait a second, Joe. 
What about a singer? What about a sculptor? What about a painter? Are they creators? Yes, they are creators because they are also creative. And I'm going to be a little purist and I'm going to be a little bit, you know, pig-headed and a little bit stubborn. And I'm going to say, listen, you have to earn the right to be called a creator. It's not an entitlement. Like we own the brand. You owe us. We deserve more. We deserve better. This is very problematic language for me. I will say for sure that the way Clubhouse has run their business has been abysmal. They haven't listened. You know, my five steps in joining the conversation in my second book. Listen, respond, join, and then I crossed it out. I said be invited to join, catalyze, meaning make it better, and then and only then start. See, the big brands, all they want to do is just, oh, conversation, let's start one. You know, and I always used to use the example, Rhode Island is neither a road nor an island, discuss. The brands felt that they were the center of attention, that they were the stars. Then realized that the conversations were going on without them, before them, during them, after them. The conversations will always live on. The brands are not the, the sun. You know, we don't revolve around the brand, just like we don't revolve around creators, just like we don't revolve around clubhouse. We don't ro- revolve around anyone. And... um And so we are all in this weird spot right now where we're not really sure who's driving this ship. Clubhouse just did a very, very poor job. They didn't respond. I don't even know if they were listening. Remember the five steps as per join the conversation, which I wrote in 2007. Listen, respond, and there's a, you know, two parts to that which is what I call response and responsiveness. So respond is how quickly, responsiveness is how well. So just being able to say, and just sending someone an autoresponder within one second is not sufficient. You know, when you call someone and they answer the phone in one ring and they go, can I put you on hold? And you don't even have the opportunity to say to them, actually, no, I'm in a rush. They're not even listening to you. They're telling you, I'm going to put you on hold, but they phrase it as a question. Can I put you on hold? And then, you know, 10 seconds, 30 seconds, 45 seconds, one minute. Do they even know I'm here? Have they forgotten about me? And eventually you put the phone down. Then you call back. And of course you get, your call is very important to us. It will be answered in the order it was received. Due to an unusually high call volume, your call will be answered in one hour and 42 minutes. That's the world that we live in. That's the world that we exist in. That is not, that's a world that is ripe for disruption, maybe by some, maybe by one of you, to go and create a different product, a different service, a different solution that says it doesn't have to be like this. It can be better. All we have to do is just act a little bit more human, show a little bit more empathy. So the first step is listening. The second is response and responsiveness. The third is not just join, but be invited to join. You know, if Paul 
automagically appeared in this room right now. This doesn't mean he owns the room. Doesn't mean he controls the room. Doesn't mean he even has the right to come up to the to the stage. He can raise his hand, but this isn't his room. Yes, it's his. You know, it's like it's um, you know, it's like someone uh, me staying at a Marriott hotel and uh, an owner barging in and saying, "Listen, I feel like sleeping on the bed tonight." I go, "Wait a second, I'm renting the room tonight." You know, I'm like, "Get out! I'm going to call the cops." But I own the room. Well, you not not right now. You don't. So with a bit of humility, that's what's um, that's what's missing here. Humility. This mob of creators. What's missing is the gratitude and the humility. That's what's missing here. We need a little bit more gratitude, empathy, humility. That's how we fix this. That's how we, we, uh, we check our egos at the door. And we acknowledge maybe, how did we get into this mess? Because it is a mess. Or more importantly, not how did we get in, but how do we get out? Wouldn't that be a more productive conversation? It could be as simple as a town hall where Paul and one and Joe and one or two clubhouse people sitting on one side and on the other side, two or three of the bigger creators. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Alexandra maybe, Nelson maybe, just a few people that, that speak, that certainly speak either for, um, you know, for the creators or just for actually the air quotes users. And we have a debate with a strong moderator, maybe two moderators. Hell, listen, you know, we've seen how poor how hard it is to be a moderator. Just look at the presidential debates or the Republican primaries. They're a nightmare. So one or two strong moderators with some moderation controls, with some ground rules, with some rules of engagement, but surely if the if the collective hypothesis was how do we get out of this mess? What is the way forward? By the way, the way forward could mean you know, I mean, if Paul was to say, hey, listen, let me ask you a question. Would all of you pay $10 a month right now to be part of Clubhouse? Would you? You know, if I had to, if, I mean, this is a real question. You know, I've started, uh, you know, I, I'm on Substack now. I have two subscribers. I have two paying subscribers. Two people find my content compelling enough to pay me $8 a month. $8 a month. So, you know, if I ask the question, if I put all of you on the spot right now, if I made you all feel a little uncomfortable, what would you say? Would you fork out $8 a month to subscribe to my Substack? I'm not asking you to. I'm just saying we have this weird relationship where we demand stuff for free. We are entitled to. I am one of them, by the way. I am one of them. Just in case you think, you know, like not preachy or judgy, I'm one of them. But these days, I'll, you know, I'll, uh, I don't even want to think about all the money I'm paying for these various stupid AI tools. 
I'm just paying like 10 bucks now for, for this one. You know, it's not even working properly. Paying like 10 bucks because I, I wanted to be able to put lyrics into it. Beta. So there definitely needs to be a lot of people that get off their high horses. Both the owners. It almost feels like the writer's strike right now. Or, uh, or UAW, right? It's like, it, it feels, you know, um, it feels like they're owners and then they're, in, in this case, creators and then they are users um, and, and everybody just wants to figure out their piece of the pie, their portion, what's owing to them, what's fair, what's equitable as well. I'm not saying I know any of the answers. I have my own ideas. I get so annoyed when I listen in on these rooms and I just hear the word think, think, think. I think, I think, I think, I think, I think. I think, therefore, I am. I'm sure you do. But why the hell are we just constantly speculating all the time? I do it sometimes. I think the play is, I think this is what they're trying to do. I think there must be something else happening. Well, I mean, this is not conspiracy theory hour here. These are like, you know, investors in Silicon Valley apps just trying to make a lot of money. Let's rather focus our energy and our effort on our lives, on our businesses, on our friends, on our family, on our shareholders. Like, let's focus our effort. For me, the reason why I wanted to do this room is to come back to one of the age-old questions, who owns the brand? And to summarize, I've always believed and I've always felt that it is not the Wall Street and it is not um, the C-suite. It is the, the lifeblood of the company, the employees, the talent, specifically at the rock face, the people that do the real work. And yes, I am saying that coming up with, str- with strategies in your offsite is not really real work. It's coming back to this whole conversation. Now this, you know, uh, I think um, uh, uh, Pence was asked this question. What do you think about the fact that the, the chairwoman, I think it's the chairwoman or the CEO of GM made 300 it was like what $235 million bonus. I think they worked it out to be 365, let's go with 365 times the average worker at GM or maybe the lowest paid worker or something like that, but 365 times. That's, that's the disparity. But who's the real General Motors here? Is it I think it's Mary Burrow. I think that's her name. Is it Mary Burrow? Is it the agencies? Or is it the people that are in the plants, in the factories, assembling these machines? You know, working and, you know, uh, inspecting, you know, safety inspectors uh, for General Motors, the mechanics, the, the builders. So you have those people, your employees, people at the rock face, the heart and soul of the company, you have your customers, your loyalists, your raving fans, um, your people that have been with the company buying, paying with their time or their money. 
I believe that both of those constituents have claim and should lay claim to some part ownership of the brand, fractional ownership of the brand. Wouldn't it be great if they also, like employee share-owned programs or CSOPs as I call them, I made up that word, customer share-owned programs. Wouldn't it be great if customers and employees could increasingly lay claim or stake claim or actually literally own a piece of the brand, not just in terms of direction and feedback and voice of the customer and voice of the employee and suggestion boxes. And then you have this creator economy, the people that say, we helped build this brand. Yes, you did. Nobody asked you. You did it for your own, actually, your own gain as opposed to ours. You didn't really respond to a brief or a call to action. And whilst you probably deserve to be treated a lot more decently than we have treated you, you deserve a lot more respect. You did actually put in the hours, and without you, this would have been a ghost town that doesn't give you the right to command or demand or act like a mob or to threaten, or to boycott, um, or to tell us how to run our business. Now, the reason we got there, and the reason we got here, when you say who owns the brand, it's not meant to be a chaos or terrorist state. When the brand is taken hijack or hostage, there is no one really, own, there is no more ownership anymore. There is just a mess and there is chaos. And there may not be a way back. I want to ask you and leave you with two questions. The more important question is where do we go from here? But the question that I'm actually going to leave you with is how did we get here? It's a question you can ask yourself with respect to your relationship with your with your spouse with your partner with your boss with your business partner with your community how did we get here how did we let it get to this what were the warning signs why didn't we see them why weren't we paying attention how did we miss this how did we overlook the the early warning signs, the yellow flags, the red flags, the cracks when they appeared? Why did we just gloss over them? Why did we just walk over them? Why did we just ignore them? Why didn't we address them when we could have? And moreover, what would we have done differently? How could we have acted differently? You know, for Clubhouse, the beginning of the end was their creator first program. Now we see it, I mean, even more so with what's happening with, uh, with X and Elon Musk, I don't know, paying tens of thousands of people to people that are literally creating the content and the impressions that Musk and Linda Yaccarino can sell against. Um, I mean, th- th- those are your two extremes right now. That was kind of the beginning of the end, the creator-first program. But, you know, 
it could have been so easily um, remedied with an advisory board, a creator advisory board. Hell, I would have, you know, I mean, if it were me, every single one of the icons, by virtue of being an icon, you join the advisory board. And so now all major decisions are vetted and, you know, and, and tested and, you know, troubleshooted and input is given and maybe even voted on by past icons. To me, that would have been real ownership. And I, as a user, would have felt so much more ownership or connection to the icons, as in you're not just an icon or the icon, you're my icon. You represent me. Whether I see myself as a creator or I see myself as a as a user or a listener or a lurker or whatever. That simple advisory board. This is a um a real best practice. And I think I've written this in Flip the Funnel too. For any of you with businesses, small businesses, growing businesses, having a customer advisory board or an influence advisory board, having an advisory board of people that you can call on and listen to and then give back. You know, like an advisor. Like if I'm an advisor to a company, they say we meet four times a year, one hour every quarter. Um, you know, some some will say do it in person. Some will say we'll do it on a Zoom. And, um, you know, we, we want to get a sense, a temperature check, feel, you know, what's going on? What are you hearing? What are you, you know, like, like where's your head at in general? But also we want to kind of, you know, get some feedback on where the company has been, where the company is going. And we want to share with you some directional ideas um, in terms of strategy and get your feedback. That's what an advisor does. So if you can be an advisor to a company, why can't you be an advisor to an app? Uh, whether you are a creator advisory board, a user advisory board, a customer advisory board, so many things to do. How did we get here? And more importantly, you know, where do we go from here? Who owns the brand? The answer is everyone, and the answer is no one. Somewhere in the middle of that <laughs> extreme or that continuum, you find something that works for you. The more you can let go, the better off you're going to be. The more you hold on to control, especially if that control is artificial or false, the more you end up, you end up in a standoff, in a hostage-type situation, or worse still, in a ghost town. Well, thank you all for listening to me today. Again, as a reminder, discord.gg forward slash alpha collective is the home of this coffee, virtual coffee conversation, Monday through Friday, 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. It is, my, it is my goal, my vision, my manifested goal of having thousands of people here in the morning, um, thousands of people starting their day off on the right foot, on the front foot, while they're walking the dog, while they're on the treadmill, while they're helping getting their kids ready for school while they're commuting to the big bad city. Um, this is the Collective Cafe.
This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.